brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome to Cavs the Podcast. I'm Nate Smith, and I am here with Chris Francis. And we are a day out from Cavs Media Day. First day of training camp was today. Uh, just a word of warning. Uh, Chris and I uh, tried to record a podcast for Media Day yesterday, and we got about 35 minutes in, and my computer blew up, and we were just like, okay, we're going to bed. <laughs> so this is this is try to, so we're going to try and summon the energy we had yesterday, but we, we were flowing, and, and the computer Oh, man, we were. Off. I know. So, you're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, Media Day was a blast. Um, the hype is real. The vibes are good. I mean, compare this vibes on this Cavs team to say you're coming into media day and you're a son and you're a Phoenix sun. Like, oh man, man. Can you talk about some bad energy? Like, Oh my God. That is goodness. the opposite of good vibes did you, out there. Did you see the quote? Okay. So you asked before about like any news. That was one of the big NBA news stories actually was, did you see the quote? uh deandre ayton gave <laughs> i i didn't see it i read a lot of reference to it and i saw the look on his face and it was basically he looks so okay so not this happy. is what this is what he said this is what he said at media day for the suns he said that he has not spoken to monty williams oh i did read that seven. i didn't know if there was okay one. yeah no no that was it like that's crazy <laughs> I mean, like, that's not even Sarver related. That's like, yeah. you know, acute, you know. Well, and I heard the one that Chris Paul issue. said he learned nothing from Game 7 of last year. No. Did you learn anything from Game 7 of last year? And he said, not really. <laughs> wow. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my so, goodness. Yeah. So, it's a, wow. Uh, yeah. So, everybody. the boss like, man wants out. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was predictable because, I mean, 
it was interesting. Like I went back and looked at like they've got a log jam actually at three and D wing. You know, like low usage three yeah. and D wing. They've got Cameron Johnson. They've got Michael Bridges that they already signed to an extension. They have you know Jake Crowder. They've got so. uh, what's his name coming back? Uh, uh, the Euro dude. Oh, Sarich. Right. Yeah. Right. Is that who you mean? Sarich? No. Uh, no, I got to look it up. Okay. Man, we uh, this is pretty early for hot googling. Action. Yeah, good. Well, it's good that we get it out of the way now. So, because that's <laughs> hot googling action is what got us in trouble last night. <laughs> that is that is true. <laughs> that is true. But um, yeah. But but the Cavs are the opposite of that. So oh it's, man, it's that Dario Saricira, right? Yeah. Sorry. Okay. No, that's okay. Uh, I was wrong. I'm sure the first and. Not the first time, not the last time. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, the, this Cavs vibes. Oh, I'm sorry. I I forgot to close my door and my wife came and gave me a big dirty. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, there you She's go. in bed. Nice, so, nice. Um, I'm Shout worst, out to the wives out there <laughs> listening to <Yeah>. podcasts. <laughs> As they're being recorded. Exactly. So, so yeah, uh, Cavs vibes very good. I think uh, kind of the way we covered this last night is we, you know, uh, just started off at the top of the order talking about, uh, you yeah. know, Kobe Altman and JB mm-hmm. Bickerstaff and mm-hmm. what they were excited about. Um, yep. And obviously the the new kind of de facto leader of this. Well, not leader like. He's he's kind of a leader on the floor, but the Cavs have a nice trio of veterans. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked a little bit about Rolo last night, Robin Lopez mm-hmm. and Kevin Love, and um, who's Ricky the Rubio, other old guy, our... Ricky Rubio. Uh, nice trio Same of vets video. to uh, kind of round things out. And um, mm-hmm. what was it? The quote from <laughs> Robin Lopez yesterday: He always wanted to be interviewed by a Muppet in a hat on uh, media day, and the closest <laughs> he ever got to was playing with Anthony Davis. <laughs> yes, yes, got him, got him exactly. Got him. So, and got then him. of course we covered that they asked him for a basketball pose, and he gave him the box out <laughs> on yes. media day. So that was perfect. That was like it, that's is that not quintessential Robin Lopez? The oh, box absolutely. Out? I mean, I. Only thing would have been better is if he was boxing out Sir Cece. <laughs> Ooh, that would have been better. That would, or have maybe been Whammer. Whammer. He feels, yeah. he seems like a Whammer guy to me. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, doesn't he already war with? He already has a beef with one of them. I thought. I thought he had a beef with Moon Dog. <laughs> oh, it was Moon Dog. You're right. You're right. It yeah, was Moon I mean, Dog. It was how, how much do we love Robin Lopez with the static with the mascots? Like yeah, that's there you go. that's an all time bit right there. Yeah, that is. So. It's great, great, great stuff. Great stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I mean, uh, starting off at the top with uh, JB and Kobe, uh, you know, the thing now that I can think clear, more clearly about it because we had twenty four hours to reflect on it is like I think the big thing about JB was how much he worked with Evan Mobley this summer. Yeah. So like that's the big thing that caught my attention about JB is what what was JB doing? He was basically coaching up Evan Mobley all summer. So that's fantastic. I mean, like just hearing about you know we talked about before is like uh, Evan Mobley's commitment to the franchise and the franchise commitment to Evan Mobley. 
you know, I think the Donovan Mitchell trade was an eye towards Evan Mobley, you know, oh, absolutely. From, the, from the looks of it, you know, and the way they talk about the move and stuff. So, uh, but yeah, so the thing with JB was like, he was putting in some, apparently he's putting in some quality time with Evan Mobley. So that's, you know, <laughs> I don't know how, how much Get better his he could time spend. In. Yeah. Putting I don't in know the how work. Much, yeah. I don't know how much better his time could be spent, you know, no, I mean, and, and we talked a little bit about how this time, team has been pretty locked in the whole summer. They had mm-hmm. four kind of little off-season mini camps with uh, L.A. and was it New mm-hmm. York? Uh, no, it, it was it was L.A. Vegas, Vegas. L.A. Vegas, uh, Nashville, Cleveland. Okay, Cleveland, right? So yes, yeah, uh, and. Of course, Kevin Love missed the last one because he was uh, uh, his co- high school coach was retiring. But uh, also, he I think he hosted all the Cavs at his wedding. So, uh, oh right, yeah, yeah. So he got yeah <laughs> old Cavs and new Cavs. Like I gotta think, like it's kind of it's kind of a bummer that Donovan Mitchell couldn't have been there. But also, like the 2016 reunion combined with. The uh the new Cavs all getting together. That's that's exciting stuff. So mm-hmm. oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. No, and uh, Love and Mitchell were uh one of the photos of the summer was them working out in New York with LeBron. Yeah. So they had apparently they had the same workout. Like uh, I, that's their prior relationship. Uh, Donovan Mitchell and uh, Kevin Love. They apparently had the same workout partner. Now is Mitchell uh, a Nike York. guy? No, he's Adidas. Oh, okay, interesting. But uh, well, I guess uh, someone made the connection about that. With uh, so is Evan Mobley. Yeah. So we got a couple of Adidas guys, you know, amongst <laughs> the sea of Nike. So. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's, I, I was just thing. going over this with my wife this week. Yeah. Like, I, I put on my uh, you know vintage two thousand. 15 maybe i don't know uh calves jacket and it had nice. the adidas stripes on the arm oh right yeah i miss the adidas threads yeah yeah i miss the adidas threads well they yeah, used to the, be the apparel right hookup. right exactly the, the yeah so yeah no it's uh no it was funny did you hear the little quip about uh i guess uh Jared Allen's been wearing the same model of shoes. <laughs> the same every, night, yeah. Kyrie's. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he says they fit my feet really well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I like fun. that he said that he does it in part because it bugs people that he doesn't switch <laughs> it up. Like, I like that. I, I love that little, little, oh, he's got a little troll yeah. in him. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So how about, uh, so going back to Kobe and JB, yeah, Kobe, like yeah. what were some of the other highlights from Kobe and JB? Yeah. So with Kobe, um, the Kobe thing, I think what stuck out was, uh, just how they went about planning the off season. Like, like you, you had actually just kind of foreshadowed it. They were very locked in. Like they were literally working on the next season after the last season ended. Like there was pretty much a commitment to like regular, like you said, regular workouts in the off season. Uh, they averaged, you know, one a month, which is pretty impressive for guys who were supposed to take that time off as vacation. So, uh, and apparently they took a vacation together. I just listened to a little bit of uh, Dylan Windler uh, uh, cut ups. And uh, so he was a part of the vacation. 
Dean Wade was a part of the Vegas group. Jimmy you know. Dean, newly yeah, minted extension. Yes. Yeah, so they little, they little mini bag acquired. Yeah. And really the guy that was tasked with that, you know, according to Kobe, the guy that was tasked with this leadership role was Darius Garland. Yeah. So Darius Garland was the one that stepped up and kept guys like his assignment was keep guys connected. How are you get how are you gonna keep the guys connected over the summer? How are you guys gonna stay in touch? And uh so apparently Darius Garland did a really good job, you know. Um, making sure people stayed in touch, the team stayed in touch, and uh, they were just talking about how they were able to skip steps now. In you know, first day of training camp, they can skip steps. They don't have to do some things that they normally might do because there was already everybody. Everybody has yep. a playbook. Yep, exactly, exactly. They they even know you know they know how the rhythm of the practices are supposed to go. They know what they were supposed to work out on. So. It's very cool to hear, you know, they basically, you know, they're hungry. You know, that's the that's the vibe is they're hungry. And then I, I guess the other thing about Kobe, too, is uh, the expectations. You know, that was a big talking point in terms of, you know, what's this? What does he envision? What's his barometer for success? You know, how does that uh, mesh with media expectations, you know, and fan expectations? So, uh, you know, it was interesting to hear him talk about it because basically, you know, he did a masterful, politically correct job of just saying, you know, there's no there, it's not championship or bust, but we're also not not talking about championships here now. So yeah. it's, it's funny, you know, like he's trying to walk that line of everybody's and it seems like everybody's kind of walking that line is everybody's so damn excited. You know, like you yeah. said, the vibes are off the charts you know, and and they're just like there's a lot of anticipation. They want to get the show on the road. From that's that's you know that's what I said about the Donovan Mitchell uh, press conference yeah. is like he came. Let's in effing he, go! Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and with that, uh, we'll be right back. Yeah. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yes. <laughs> Welcome back to Casa Podcast. Chris Francis here with Nate Smith. I'm Nate Smith. He's Chris Francis. Um, and this is Cavs the podcast, and you know, pretty uh, fun media day yesterday. Uh, kind of after Kobe and JB, we had the vets, um, Kevin Love, uh, Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio was a blast, and uh, but kind of what did you get from Love? Because I I caught most I caught the Rubio, and and it was pretty mm-hmm. entertaining. Yeah, no, I would actually argue that Kevin Love was probably the highlight of. The players media uh players interaction with the media um, uh it, to me it's hard to top jared allen though but okay continue. well i mean jared jared allen yes there's a quality to him that you can't help but love but i mean i know i think what it was with love was you know he's been there nine years you know that's like a thing now that's like, insane like, yeah it doesn't feel like it but then you like yeah. look back and you're like 
you you do the Alon you do the Alonzo morning like shake your head and then oh yeah yeah I guess you're right <laughs> yeah it's crazy that his whole like it's funny he's come full circle himself as a player here where there was you know he was the whipping boy when it was the big three with him and LeBron and Kyrie then he goes yeah. to being super sad because they tore it down and you know he's he's on a tanking team to now. You know, he had to change his role, but now he's it's funny because he's happier. Probably he says he's happier than he's ever been in his entire career, which is funny to say, you know, like he's just uh, he said he he said that um, it's the most fun he's ever had coming to work. Like yeah, he the, yeah, he's like every day I look forward to coming to work. Exactly. Um, it, it's yeah. super exciting. Yeah. And, and you know, like I think he's. And now he's settled into his role. I think he talked about it that like there's a little bit of a leg up he has this year. He has expect, you know, he he now he knows what to expect in the six man role. You know, like he knows the, where he's getting his minutes, how he's getting matched up against guys off the bench. Um, and and the the biggest part, the most important part of the love thing was uh, how he talked about Ricky Rubio and the importance of Ricky Rubio to the team. You know, that's that's why I give it the uh that's why I gave him the the interview of the day. Um is because of the way he talked about Ricky's contribution to the team and just how Ricky embodies what the best of what Cavaliers basketball is supposed to be. That unselfishness, the competitiveness, um just everything the playing for, for each team. other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, just, I I think I mentioned yesterday that uh you know jared allen they asked him what right. uh, kind of embodies this team and he said you know just that sense of playing for each other that you're rooting for everybody to be the best version of your themselves even if it means that it might dim diminish your role mm -hmm. uh if it if mm -hmm. it helps the team as a whole so that's that's pretty awesome environment and pretty awesome culture that you know teams strive decades to achieve and uh, I, I feel too. like it's like just a beautiful little incubator right now. Yeah, We've no, got all these beautiful babies, <laughs> beautiful <laughs> basketball babies. That's that's literally what it is. It's crazy, um, and it's like that's why we love sports too, right? You know, because like there's it's the idea of people coming together to achieve something greater than what they could do individually. You know, yeah. that's the whole that's the whole deal about sports, especially team sports, obviously. Um, yeah. even individual sports, but obviously that's beside the point. And, and, you know, so it was just cool to see, like, they really get it. They really get how to be the best they can be in the game of basketball. They absolutely understand exactly what it takes to get to that championship level. And, uh, you know, they're not shying away from it. You know, that's the, the at least Donovan's not, <laughs> You know, so, uh, uh, you know, that was, you know, going back to the Donovan press conference, you know, that's the thing that was said. And that's the thing that Kobe was saying, too. You know, they're not going to put a ceiling on the team, you know, and that's because of Donovan Mitchell, you know, the, the, the acquisition of Donovan Mitchell. You know, this is what Rubio said, you know, to give you a little bit of what Rubio, you know, he, he said that it's it's Mitchell. That's the piece that you need to take it to a championship level. Yeah, for sure. You and know, you need but that Rubio also said that 
he doesn't really like Kevin Love. He just pays him to say nice <laughs> things about true. him. So, <laughs> R- Ricky was funny as heck. And I don't know oh, if you yeah. saw the video, but he looks in shape, man. He's got the, the guns. Word. He's, the he's thin. He's I didn't realize that. On so zero. That came. I didn't realize that was such a big talking point was like, apparently he's ahead of schedule. Like his rehab yeah. is ahead of schedule. He hired. He said he hired a, a chef for the first time in his career. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he was walking around good. He's been doing a lot of shooting. He hasn't had any contact training, but he's been working out with the basketball, which is yeah, you know, huge since we're yeah. only about six months it, out. Yeah, and actually, in in the other thing I would point out about the Rubio thing is I, the phrase "unfinished business." Uh. Yeah, really. Well, came I feel through. like I feel like now that they don't have Laurie Markin and it's unfinished business. That's <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> oh, aha! Uh-huh. There we go. That was good. That was good. That was today's dad joke. Brought that was a joke grenade. That was a joke grenade. It doesn't doesn't hit till. Does it? <laughs> had a timer on it. <laughs> yes, it's got a timer. <laughs> So, anyway yeah yeah that was good i like that one i like that one so, it just came to me off the cuff yeah cuff. I know. that's good that's good um but yeah we were talking ricky i mean he he's looking really sharp and then let's talk about all the guys that look like they have added some muscle like uh <laughs> evan mobley is looking definitely at least 10 maybe 20 pounds of muscle um, those biceps are, 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 you know, they could be bigger, but they, they're looking good. Darius Garland, definitely looking more cut. He does look definitely bigger. looking more explosive, mm-hmm. uh, when he plays. And, uh, and then of course, I don't know if you've heard the buzz. The buzz today was, uh, around Dylan Windler. I know. I about know. About everybody saying he's looking Uh-oh. good. Uh-oh. Threatening a starting role. And I'm like, oh, whoa, 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 Miss Lee. Hey, hey, I was on the cutting edge of that at least two years ago. <laughs> two years ago, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And then, then he got galulied. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, no, I, that's, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because, I mean, I don't know if you caught the Fedor article. I guess it's interesting because the Fedor article gives you the impression it's really a a, a competition between Windler, Wade, and Karras. Yeah. But then he goes to say the organization, like his reporting says that Okoro's got first crack. So, Well, I mean, if Okoro... I think it's it's a wide open think? competition. Yes. I think it's a wide I open think competition. So. I think so too. Yeah, right. Right. Who, um like who you who do you feel? Like what like what's your gut telling you? Who do you think sending up? Who who do you think uh, uh I the race? think oof, I think it's gonna be That's Karis. Hard. Yeah. I think it's gonna be Karis, but I think organizationally wow. Well let me tell you why. I think organizationally it really makes a lot of sense to feature him. And because long term, I don't know if he's a great fit. Um, plus, he's in a contract year, and it's hard to think that with all the other contracts they got to start paying, um, they want him to be on the team long term. So, really featuring him and being able to flip him. But what if he solid, balls out? 
well, that's, you know, it's a nice problem to have. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if they can flip him for a really good small forward, uh, that that's something they got to think about. But yeah, I mean, it's a super nice problem to have. I know you're a Karis fan. I know mm-hmm. you said we talked about the conditioning drills yesterday that mm-hmm. um, the winners of the c- conditioning drills were Sharif Cooper and Karis Levert mm-hmm. uh, appeared to be the in the at least Actually, in the best cardio shape from what JB said. Yeah, well, and it made me think about your contract year comment. You know, on last <laughs> contract year Karis. Yeah. yeah, contract year Karis. Never yeah. underestimate the power of a contract year. That's for right. NBA that's right. So that's especially what, a guy that's kind of yeah. on the fringe of of being a good player and a just a, a guy. Right. So. Right. Exactly. Well, and the thing is, is and it's interesting you say that because it's interesting you went with Karis because I would argue that's probably I don't think it's about featuring him for a trade or anything like that. I think that there's a legitimate basketball reason to do that. And that's kind of what you, and you actually brought it up last night, you know, and I'll bring it up now because it was a great point um, with Karis on the floor, along with Garland and Mitchell mm-hmm. uh, and then Mobley and, and uh, Allen on the court together, all together. Uh who are you doubling off of? Yeah. Who are you doubling yeah. off of? And then you're leaving your weakest defender on who? Who are you leaving yeah. your weakest defender on? Are you leaving it on Garland? Are you leaving it on Karras? You know, well, and, uh, and the Trey and, Young problem is what you brought up last night. And yeah, exactly. It, this you know, is you've the solution. Five guys you can punish Trey Young. You know, when yep. you've got Isaac Okoro out there, you can't right. punish Trey Young every possession. When yep. you're you know, you when you have a less than stellar offensive player um on the floor and you know, Lori Markinen, they had the challenge of getting the ball to him when they were putting Trey on him. And mm-hmm. for the most part he did okay, but I that was a I'm not even gonna even go back to the play in game last year because it was such a freakly weird game that kind of has no bearing on what the Cavs are going forward. Um especially because Lori Markinen's not here here anymore mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh ball in peace out in salt lake city you have my mm-hmm. condolences yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah right poor poor guy <laughs> poor guy uh, yes y- yeah and it's not even salt lake city it's playing for a danny Ainge team so <laughs> yeah oh no it's both i'll slander i'll slander slc oh i I'll can't slander it yeah i i uh, have co-workers that work out there so I oh to, okay uh, okay yeah I, oh, I, I have yeah, to show them the love i got, <laughs> oh, it. I got you go. <laughs> but um but yeah, he uh, he looks. Um, anyway, so yeah, what we were talking about, uh, Karis is a guy that can absolutely punish those guys. And what Karis's big thing is is can he shoot the knockdown jump shots? Mm-hmm. Uh, can he, um, you know, keep from isoing the ball too much? Pass and cut, you know, set good screens, run the cut, you know, run the cut all the way through. Uh, I know he kind of is bad about that at times, and I know he drives Ben Worth nuts, but I know you like Harris Levert, and I like uh, the idea, you know, today they threw out the idea of one of Mitchell or Garland's going to be on the floor at all times, and I, and I would honestly say you make Levert uh, that starter, but then, you know, one of those guys goes to the bench early, and then you always have, almost always have two of... Mitchell, Garland, and Levert on the floor. So you always have two, you know, 
playmaker, secondary playmaker. Yep, exactly. At least until Ricky comes back. Right, right. No, exactly. I think exactly. I think when when you look at, especially like I said uh, yesterday, in reference to Mitchell and Lavert, they unquestionably they get better with their passing game in the playoffs. They they become point guards, point guard level playmakers in the playoffs. So like. I, you know, you know, going back to, you know, your point about possibly Stallion and Karras, you know, from the jump, that makes sense to me because you want to buy that whole season. You want to buy the whole regular season to develop that chemistry for the playoffs, right? Like there, that's the expectation. The expectation, obviously, this year is at least we've got to make the playoffs because Donovan Mitchell's never missed the playoffs in his career. (laughs) (laughs) I love that stat. Yeah, I, I know. It's great. It's a lot. It's awesome. So like Especially that's the playing out West. I mean, that's right. That's no joke right there. Right. Oh, man. Did you see? Oh, that was one of the high. Another highlight of uh, the vet, the vet, the veterans talking on media day was uh, Rubio talking about uh, Donovan Mitchell's first playoff series. And apparently, like, I guess, like Rubio got hurt. Uh, yeah, I remember series. that. And Mitchell just took over and he and he beat OKC. Uh, to move on, and that was his rookie season, you know, and yeah, just and I was like, know, who is this kid? Yeah, yeah, right, exactly, and that was the thing that struck Rubio. Like they asked Rubio to, you know, they asked Rubio how Mitchell has changed over the years since he began with him to now, and Rubio, that's what Rubio was talking about. Was like he actually hasn't really changed. He came into the league different, you know. He came into the league special, you know, like. There wasn't a moment, you know, where he was acting like a rookie or had rookie hardships or something. You know what I mean? Like he came no, in. And yeah. pretty amazingly from a guy that was a fringe lottery, wasn't he the 14th pick? Yeah, yeah, he fell. Yeah, he was fringe lottery. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, and clearly some teams that passed on him <laughs> made a mistake. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So another great little tidbit you know rubio was a treasure obviously yeah like you know we were talking last night he's he's the vibes king he, he's the lord of the vibes of the <laughs> lord of the vibes <laughs> yes <laughs> well the jesus thing you know because they call yeah. him Je- you know basketball uh, jesus yeah the basketball jesus well so, he's yeah. spanish it's jesus come on jesus oh yeah you're right you're right yes yes shout out to spain hey who's the mexico yes <laughs> That's right. That, that was a right. terrible Spanish accent. Yeah. I, I have on, taken man. Spanish they just before. tuned out. They just tuned out in Spain. What are you doing? Dude? <laughs> Absolutely. So, but yeah, I mean, he's uh, he, he's he's my guy uh, for the vibes king, and just what he does on the floor when he's on there, like just such a fundamentally sound player and a guy that sets a table for everybody. And mm-hmm. if the Cavs kind of embody that unselfishness, it's going to be super fun. It's going to be a lot um, of fun. And and Karis Levert, another great interview. Um, yeah, you're right. You know, he, he, <laughs> he was locked. I in. loved his attitude of, I don't care if I start or come off the bench. Mm-hmm. I've done both. I can do both well. Like I mm-hmm. think he realizes it's probably you know bigger than him. And I think the other thing is is. Yeah, that's how I don't get this. There's not idea. a lot of ego on this team. Of, exactly. Like, I don't even yeah. get why Karis has a rap about this. It's ridiculous. Like, 
Well, he's been on some pretty garbage teams, too, like with a lot of egos, and this isn't that team. I mean, not that they don't have egos, but they're pretty good. I mean, what I'm saying is he's had a lot of success for the talent that was around him. I mean, he had had D'Angelo Russell is who he had. He played Uh, with Garnett and and Kyrie when they first started, didn't he? Oh, I don't know. Wasn't he on that team? I don't know. No, I... I thought he was Atkinson. I thought he was like the Atkinson, uh, Jared uh, Allen. Um, and uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Yes, Spencer Dinwiddie. Yes, yeah. yes. I well, that, actually, he that. alluded to actually that going back to Karras, that's a great, another great point is what he said, what it would require when he, when playing with, uh, he's, you know, he talked about his experience. He's played with ball dominant tandems, like, cause mm-hmm. he played with Kyrie and Dinwiddie, and he also played with Dinwiddie and D'Angelo Russell. You know, they all shared the court all at the same time, and he was more tasked with the three and D role. Uh, oh, that's right, because Russell was there, mm-hmm. and then they flipped Russell for KD in a sign and trade. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then yep. Russell got flipped to Minnesota. Yeah. That's yes. It. Exactly. Because <laughs> six de- six degrees of uh, so, Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so with uh, Karis, you know, I think. You know, you're you hit the money. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I think he's just so locked in. Like he was super impressive, extremely locked in. I'm on. I'm all in on contract year Karis. So contract year Karis, nice. That's what's up. And and the other thing I like about Karis is he brings some rebounding to the three position, which mm-hmm. you know the one knock. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if he starts at the three, the one knock on yeah. Karis or on the Cavs last year, especially Evan Mobley, was that, you know, for power forward, he didn't rebound very well. Mm-hmm. And I think the new muscle... And Okoro is one of the worst. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Has, yeah, he's, you know, no disrespect. I just state in facts here. Like, he's yeah, he literally one of the worst. I mean, they got rid of their worst rebounder. So Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> Colin, he's now in San Francisco. <laughs> or San, uh, Salt Lake City. Utah. Sorry. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Um, so. But... Yeah, with that, we'll be right back. Yep. Welcome back to Cavs Podcast. I'm Nate Smith. I'm here with Chris Francis, and we're talking Cavs Media Day a day late. Um, and I think the next guy that we have up to talk about who might be the guy to me that makes the leap from an all-star to a superstar, um, and that's Darius Garland. Like, if I had money to go bet, wow, I would, I'd put some cash on Darius Garland leading the league in assists this season. Like, I feel like that's a it. real possibility. Um, assists and and long threes. <laughs> oh, I love it! I love it. And uh, no, I mean he was. Uh, it's funny. He's different this year. You could tell there's a different air about him. You know, I, I guess that's what happens when you get paid a quarter billion dollars or whatever, whatever he signed for. <laughs> you go one way or the other. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, what was cool about his, uh, him, him uh, was uh, talking about um, working out with Mitchell. Yeah. So, like the way they portrayed it you know at least the way Darius portrayed it like he had no inkling of the trade like I'm surprised by that I figured you know Darius yeah a lot of the guys didn't like LeVert was talking about how like he was he thought he was included he thought he was in the trade right (laughs) 
<laughs> so yeah, no, it's kind of funny. Um, yeah, like, well, I guess Darius got word of the trade. Literally, I guess Kobe called him before it hit the media and was just like, don't tell anybody, but it's going to happen. And apparently his reaction was just pure joy. So, you know, well, it's also, funny. Also, like, yeah. like, that's like a little power play there, too. Like, hey, you, you, you this is your team. I'm calling you first, you know. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, right. No, no, absolutely. Like, I mean, like, no, that's what I wondered. See, and I, I wonder what you think uh, is that uh, what I wondered about the whole process was how involved was Garland, Mobley and Allen involved, you know, in the process. Like, I, I would have to assume they were involved to some extent, don't you think? Like, well, I, I would hope that they would kind of maybe call those guys and Ricky and Kevin Love and be like, hey, this is going down. Right. Um, but you don't know, and you you do want to compartmentalize some of that information. So, yeah. Uh, but okay. maybe maybe if it's your twenty five million dollar man, but I I gotta guess that they called those five guys. Yeah. Right. Right. Yes. Or two hundred and fifty million dollar man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I gotta guess they called those five guys because, you know, on the court and off the court, they're the Cavs' most important players. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I mean, so that was interesting. So it just seemed like, uh, you know, it was funny that they all kind of it's really funny that they all worked out with him. You know, like it was love and it was Garland mostly who were at the spots he was at all summer. So it was just funny how that worked out. Like he just happened to spend all summer with two of the most important players on the Cavs roster. So, yeah. <laughs> And maybe it was less of a coincidence than we realize. Yeah, that's what, you know, that's obviously where my brain wants to go is yeah. like they I feel like I feel like what had to happen was, you know, Kobe, you know, after he saw the workouts go down, Kobe's like in DG and loves you asking questions. You know, yeah. that's what well, the other side of that. Happened. I mean, this reminds me. So I'm going to get my pitch in early this week. Ooh, of, I like it. Yeah. I like it. So Switch like it one of my favorite beverages recently has mm. been the salty, salty tears of Knicks fans. And <laughs> it's just over the Darius, over uh, the Donovan Mitchell, like <laughs> the, their, their team kind of screwing up there and not stepping up to the plate and they didn't get it done did they they did not get it done and the Cavs got it done and then of course the bitter you know astro uh astroturfing of the story around they they traded him to the Cavs so that he wouldn't get to go where he wanted to go and that was kind of an f you to Donovan Mitchell and it was like they traded him to a team with three all-stars instead of a fat power overpaid power forward so that's right that's right Get him! Yeah, that's right. That's right. Anyway, wham with the right hand. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, there's nothing I love more than dunking on on New York sports fans. Yeah, so. of course, exactly. <laughs> we all take pleasure in that. That's a, it's almost unfair for the Knicks, yeah, fans, especially though. if you're you know, from I mean, Kansas like I, these yeah. days. I don't know if you yeah. caught the mayoral comments about hey, we're not Kansas. Oh, about yeah. New York. Good like, grief. what is it about New Yorkers that just have like this? insane desire to feel superior to everybody else well there you <laughs> I go i it. mean because most of them most of them have to kiss ass in their <laughs> to live in their you know closet so in the in their uh in their corporate urban 
uh, high Kelsey. rises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I shouldn't say this. I love New York. I actually love, I love New, New York, York too. Do. I just, but boy, did they love just oh, getting on other people? Absolutely. And, well, I was just going to say you're absolutely hundred percent right. They blew it, and I was actually enjoying the coping and the seething from other fans. Like it was funny. I, I talked to this Clippers fan. And he was just raging that, <laughs> oh, you know, the Cavs didn't have to pay shit. They didn't give up nothing and they got a, all, you know, like he thinks. Well, that which is Cavs- hilarious when you got Steve Ballmer basically bought, you right. know, Paul George and. Right. Uh, yep. with, oh, who's the other guy? Kawhi. Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah, no, exactly. They, 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 cause they want everything for them. So they're all of a sudden they think they're entitled and they haven't done shit. So uh, <laughs> they had like one good playoff series in the last yep. 15 years there you go. <laughs> and then lost there you to go. Atlanta <laughs> in the bubble. So, yeah, there you go. So, uh, yeah. you know, or no, no it, was, I mean, it was post bubble because it yeah. was back in the garden. But yeah, yes. No, I mean, it's, you know, and I then, love then they hitched their horse to Evan Fournier. Yeah. <laughs> Who I think, you know, speaking of Evan Fournier, I wouldn't mind him on the Cavs. Uh, that contract is, I think we talked about this last time. That Oh, yeah, right, right. Trust. We did. We I think we spent like a half hour on it. <laughs> that was Hot Googling Sorry. action. That was, that was my fault. That was Evan my Fournier's fault. contract right. and then like editing that part of the podcast out because we Googled Fournier, which you should never do. <laughs> no, I, I kid. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, the bitter tears of Knicks fans uh, is yeah. is was just so enjoyable, and you know, yeah. Donovan. How about Mitchell, your other be- yeah, yeah. Well, I was gonna say, how about how about your other beefcake, uh, Evan Mobley? Oh my gosh! So, and that is like the the thing nobody wants to put a jinx on is how freaking good Evan Mobley can be. Like know, JB right? said, he has a chance to be the best player in the league at some point in his career. Yep. Um, and that's like JB does not strike me as a guy who delivers a lot of false praise. Right. You know? Right. And that's like, I mean, the success of that starting lineup is going to revolve around did Evan Mobley get stronger with the ball? Is he going to turn it over less? Is he going to be that tertiary playmaker, that connector? And then, oh, can he shoot? And can you give him the ball and get, tell him to get a bucket? You yep. know, and then what's that, you know, chemistry with uh, Garland and Mitchell on the pick and roll? And good Lord, what a plethora of options mm-hmm. <laughs> the Cavs have uh, with, oh, those, yeah. with those starting lineups. Oh, yeah. The the thing that struck me about Mobley's, you know, definitely, you know, JB talking about Evan Mobley. Uh, I think I mentioned it and also Kobe as well. There. Evan Mobley was the only one they referred to as a future superstar. That's and so I thought that was interesting. Uh, they called, um, they called the uh, Donovan Mitchell a star. You know, <laughs> I think he used the only one that they, uh, that was the, uh, you know, that was the one. And then they talk about the importance. All, they, they referenced, you know, DG and Allen as all stars. Um, but like there was only one guy that got the superstar moniker and that was Evan <laughs> Mobley. So I well, thought that was, yeah. Well, and I think part of that's intentional to try and get him to live up to that. And of course, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, absolutely. Course, uh, He's definitely, you know, Phil Jackson mind games, bring him on, you know, he won how many <laughs> rings, how many rings? He won 10, 
10 rings? I believe so, yeah. So, yeah, play all the mind games you, you can because uh, apparently it's working. Like, uh, oh, that was the thing that uh, Darius Garland mentioned. I think you mentioned it yesterday was um, he's on a mission. That rookie of the year snub. Yeah, he's on a mission. Got the enemy wishing that they'd stayed in home instead of fighting this ninja master with moves like lightning. <laughs> that was a little Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles rap for you, but there you courtesy go. of Vanilla there you Ice go. from you uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too. Oh man, that was good. <laughs> that was a good throwback. I love it. I don't know if "good" was the word, but it was a throwback. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> I I'm I'm digging myself some Evan Mobley, and just the the sky is literally the limit. Like I want to see how good is his jumper look as good as it did. In the offseason? That's the rumor, man. I think Oof. that's what we're going to see. Like, that's yeah. what that's that's the thing is that it sounds like, well, he even said it. He's going to play on the perimeter more is what he said. Wow. So that must mean his handles and his jumper. That's crazy. That's yeah. That's just nuts. <laughs> that's just nuts. This team is so stacked with young talent. Yeah. It's just. That's what Kevin Love said. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's he, he's so never much seen a team talent. like this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's he said that it was the he said he's never been on a team with so much young talent. Yeah, that was, the and, you know, and that's the he it was funny listening to him talk because, you know, it's just like now he's full circle in that veteran role. You know, he's trying to make other guys stars, the, the stars that yeah. they can be, you know, and it's very yeah, cool it's to hear him talk about it. Yeah. And, and, yeah. They and what all, a perfect role for him. Exactly. They all respect him. They all talk about yeah. his, like, they all, you know, first thing they mentioned about Kevin Love, he's got a ring. I want one. <laughs> you know, that's what they yeah. say about him. I'm sure Kev wants another one. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. my God. I mean, if he gets another ring, is if he gets one more ring, I mean, he's, I mean, like, that's a shoe in for the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. Well, I think he's he probably should be in. a shoe in already. Anyway, yes. Yeah, I know it's not that hard to get Based in, on his but, career. Well, right. but also, like, just, an unbelievably prolific rebounder. Yeah. Uh, oh, I yeah. think especially early in his career yeah. that, you know, didn't he have the streak for straight 20 rebound games? Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I, I mean, mean, he's just a ridiculous scorer too, good. to be honest. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's oh, yeah. getting up there with uh, the scoring, you know, and, the shooting. and possibly the greatest outlet passer of all time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, I mean like he's embarked, like I think, that's what's cool for him is like he can really put a stamp like he can make himself a historic Cavs player, you know, with another good run. Um, he's he's climbing the charts in a lot of different areas, you know, like you said, with rebounding, I think assists, yeah. I think three point shooting, I think scoring. You know, he's got a chance to really move up uh, in Cavs lore and uh, and also in NBA lore, you know, and, and you know, I'm. You know, I'm wondering, you know, I was just thinking, do you re like, do you resign him? Do you think he wants to resign? What do you think the number is? I, I think that's definitely a possibility. I think it's going to all depend on how the season plays out, what he wants to do. If he wants to go somewhere else, come back. Um, I think, you know, we saw his utility pretty limited in the playoffs. Um, yeah. One of the and I kind of want to talk about how you can best use Kevin Love um, and, and what that answer to that question looks like uh, right after the break. So we'll be right back. Nice. Ooh, I like where you're going. Are we, are I we have going? ideas. Sorry. We, I, I, uh, yeah. I hit pause we, on me, not the podcast. Hold on. 
Welcome back to Cavs the Podcast. So I was talking about how the Cavs are going to use Kevin Love, and I think the absolute best way to use Kevin Love, I mean, obviously we saw the problem with Kevin Love is not on offense. Uh, the problem with Kevin Love is on defense when they basically challenge Love to leave the paint and go out and close out on jumpers in the corner, and he is reluctant and not not quick enough to do that anymore. So I think the yeah. real challenge with Kevin Love is what do you do with him defensively? And I think the beauty of this Cavs team is that they have enough bodies and they have enough rangy defenders at the three and four or even the one and two that you can put Kevin Love on the floor and let him play center in a zone. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And then you pinch those uh, the the three and the four in for help defenders. Um, and then Kevin Love just takes on that that lead rebounder role. So he never really has to leave the lead, the, leave the paint. And Kevin mm -hmm. Love's great at that role because. He's a very good help defender. He takes a a lot of charges. Oh, yeah. um, he knows where to be. He gets a lot of steals because he he's a smart defender and knows how you know the ball's going to move around. And he's not going to be a shot blocker, but he will you know challenge a play at the rim. But he's still a very good rebounder. And if you can do that and oh, not make elite. him, huh? I'd say he's elite. I I don't think he's a lead anymore defensively just because he he doesn't have that athleticism like he he doesn't get off the ground like he used to but he's still very good i mean he's um, one of the best he's one of the best at boxing out i, I mean oh like, for sure like yeah he, positionally he's, he's great but he's also not as uh fat as he used to be to be able to carve up that space so <laughs> but yeah he's still very very good and, no, I, mean, uh, I think no, I think you're on the money. The I think we saw last season, you know, especially due to injuries, we saw that lineup. I don't remember what game it was, but there was a game where they ran a lineup like that, where they had it was basically Mobley and court. Allen and Love. No, no, no. It was it was Love at the five, and they went small ball with Love at the oh, five. Oh, Love at the five. Yeah. Yes, and then they did. Okoro and Lamar Stevens together okay. on the perimeter. So, so kind of what your idea was is if if you can just get some lockdown defenders in front of him, they where he doesn't have yeah. to worry about uh, 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 protecting the rim. You know, he could yeah. just rebound. He could just help. You know, and uh, and just lounge around in the paint until the missed shot <laughs> lounge happens. around. Like I think he's such a great uh, offensive player to put with Mobley. On the, um, you know, on the bench lineups, on the mm -hmm. secondary lineups. Yeah, oh, yeah. They because you, last you year put him with, with Mobley. Yeah. At the at the I mean, it, they're interchangeable between four and five. But if you play him zone, you put love at the five, let him man the paint. And then you've got Mobley and say Okoro or whoever you've got at the three uh, pinching in. And and you can either have Allen or Mobley. Uh, with him because both those guys can play out on the perimeter in a zone and then uh and then you're kind of protecting him a little more i think it's really hard to ask kevin love in today's nba to play really good one-on-one -on -one defense with as many guys that can shoot uh that's why i think you'll see him play five a lot back up five a lot more than four yeah i could see i could totally see it i mean it makes sense or at least you know uh he's not playing without mobley 
Uh, or, well, I think you can play him with Allen too because Allen's a rangy enough. That's defender. true. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. No, I think uh, no, I think you it hit the nail on the head, and they would be stupid to ask him to defend on the perimeter. You know. No, the, and and so obviously got to figure out a way. Yeah, that's clearly what killed Kevin Love in the play-in games yep. and towards the end of the regular season when yeah. he was. He missed a, Rubio so much though on the offensive end. Oh, for I mean, sure. They, but they, defensively, they, he was just. Yeah, yeah it was rough right. He's for him. limited. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like he, he, well, the only and, thing he, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say. I think the the thing that you want him, the reason why you bring him in on the defensive end for the Cavs is purely for rebounding. Oh, yeah, for sure. If you're getting killed yeah. on the boards, bring him in, you know? Yeah, well, and yeah, that's what you let him do. Like, let him do what he's good at. Yep, exactly. Yeah, and and then the other side of that is, you know, the the other thing that killed them in the playoffs is not having Mobley or 100% Allen, um, or sorry, the postseason, not, not having those guys. And, you know, I think JB talked about, and, and this is amazing to me, Evan Mobley has the ability to be a defensive player of the year. Like again, the the pumping up Mobley, like letting this kid know this guy is the limit to what he can do. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And the crazy thing is, to me, with all this that we've talked about, Jared Allen, in terms of winning impact, was the number <laughs> one Cavalier on the team last year. Like more than one metric estimated plus minus. Like uh, I think uh, Raptor and LeBron all had Jared Allen as the best Cavalier. Like EPM had him as a top 20 player uh, Mm -hmm. in the league. I mean, he was an amazing defender, just probably one of the most, not one of the most efficient finisher in the NBA um, and a really good uh, shot blocker, rebounder. um, Like he is absolutely everything that you want from a modern rim running NBA big, but he has some touch can work in the post can be a bit of a connector. I would love to see him take his shooting out to the three point line, but I don't think he's ready to do that. But I think he has that ability and that kind of touch. Like he has, he hasn't even scratched the surface of how good he can be offensively. And Oh, by the way, he's the funniest and most engaging and eloquent Cavs interviewee that <laughs> I think I've seen like he's so fun in an interview he's hilarious and just you can tell the guy reads a ton like he's just the the antithesis of that the you know the stupid jock ter- stereotype so mm-hmm. I really just love the crap out of Jared Allen and I that the funny thing is is Jared Allen can also be a defensive player of the year candidate. One of the things that was ticking me off in the interview today, the other day, because you could tell who actually followed the team and who was just like, oh, I'm just going to Google a bunch of crap and ask questions. And then they were asking Jared Allen, like, well, have you talked to Mitchell about, um, you know, you have a real similar game to Rudy Gobert. So have you talked to him about kind of how you want to play that with Mitchell and, um, you know, where you want to be and what that kind of chemistry. And I was like, okay, you are a moron, whoever asked this question, because clearly Mitchell was not good at throwing lobs at Rudy Gobert and did not like throwing the ball to Rudy Gobert. And also Jared Allen is nothing like Rudy Gobert. Like Jared Allen can put the ball on the floor. Jared Allen 
uh, has no hesitation about stepping into an elbow jumper. Jared Allen can post a guy up and not look like a big goony bastard. So, like, yeah, get out of the bullpen. You're out of here. <laughs> anyway, that, <laughs> thus endeth the rant about uh, the, the ignoramuses of Kaz Media Day. And it's probably somebody I know, and now I'm going to feel like a butthole. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, no, I mean, no, absolutely. I'm in love with no, I mean, I, I take offense to the, I take offense to the Rudy comparisons too, for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, his offense. It was, it was fun to hear about him talk about what he, uh, his approach. You know, I thought what was interesting about his approach was just, uh, you know, he keeps it very, uh, he keeps it very simple. You know, he he knows what he he knows himself. He knows who he is as a basketball player. That's what's really uh, special about him, I think, is that he doesn't really try to do anything that he's not comfortable doing, you know, and he still impacts the game in so many different ways, you know, even though he just sticks to his role, you know, and and, and honestly, that's like part of, I think, why he's like really it's his leadership is really underrated because like he his his selflessness comes through. Uh, especially in his screen game, you know, yeah. he's always getting other guys open, you know, on offense, he's sacrificing touches. He's sacrificing, uh, you know, um, uh, time on the ball, you know, for other guys to get their scores. So, uh, you know, I think, and, and also all the dirty work that he, like you said, he could be defensive player of the year. He probably is under, like, it's kind of disrespectful that he does, he gets left out of the conversations about these things, you know, cause. Oh, he's such a good defender. Right. I mean, he's got to figure it out. What the, the next thing for him to figure out is he's got to figure out how to defend, uh, Embiid. <laughs> well, that's, yeah. that's the that's his <laughs> dragon he must slay <laughs> nice because yeah that's literally the only guy and it's sad because like somehow Embiid has his number and it's like the only yeah. guy in the nba that has his number but he has his number oh the nba and they play in the same numbers, conference so like i i feel like actually jared allen fared better against Giannis than he did Embiid. Uh, I I think that is a little bit of a fair comparison, and Embiid yeah. is such a tough guard. Yeah, like, he is. No, you're absolutely he, he's right. He's stronger yeah. than almost everybody. Yep. And if there's a guy he's as strong that's as strong as Embiid, it Embiid's probably quicker. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and more skilled. Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, he's and plus he can shoot. Skilled. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, but the other thing I love about Jared Allen is just the chemistry he has with Mobley. Mm-hmm. Um, like the big to big passing is so good with those two. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just going to see it. It's going to be so fun to watch this team this year. Yeah. With yeah, that big to big passing. Oh man. Like I think one of the things that's not getting, to, like it, the youth thing is definitely getting talked about, but like, it's not put in its proper context of these guys are improving. They're going oh, yeah. to improve. They're, they're, they're I mean, so far away from what they're actually going to be. Yeah, like, what is the peak of an NBA player's career? It's usually, like, 26 to 30. mm -hmm. Yeah. And, hey, Donovan Mitchell just entered that. But a lot of guys' peak still are on an upward trajectory to, like, 27, 28. Mm -hmm. Late bloomers, yep. Well, not even late bloomers. just kind of that's, you know. You figure everything out, yeah. You figure everything out and your body's still there. Your body hasn't betrayed you yet. It hasn't betrayed you yet. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. We remember those days, right, Nate? Uh, No. I'm like me. I've lost my memory. (laughs) 
<laughs> I keep thinking about going back and playing ball, and then I'm like, uh, do you so remember I'm, who you are? <laughs> well, it's funny because uh, I was in, I, I have a funny story for you, and half of it I'll tell you off the air, but I was in uh, <laughs> Vegas about a week and a half ago, and Ooh. I'd had a, a couple drinks, and I was at the Brooklyn Bowl, and I don't know if you've ever been to the Brooklyn Bowl, but um, no. gotta, uh, they have a very long, this. like, 40-foot uh, banister, uh, and I thought it would be a good idea to, like, slide down this thing uh, after, you know, uh, uh, several adult beverages, and um, I still have what I believe is a bone bruise on my ankle from getting about oh. four feet, falling off. Bam! Right on the ground. And then that hurt, and then the bounce where I hit it again hurt even worse. <laughs> oh my goodness. What are you doing? So, but the man? funny thing about that was I popped right back up and was good to go. And I'll tell you the rest Drinks of the story help. off the air. Drinks help. <laughs> So, okay, good. good glad it to, helped glad then, to but I, yes. my ankle still hurts. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. Get so, you to the yeah. Cleveland Clinic. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, maybe. That, they should pay us for that little blurb there. Uh, I, think, I think they're doing okay without our help. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's... I don't even know how we got on this tangent, but yeah, I don't know. These I don't guys know. Are, like, how old is Jared Lowry. Allen? Jared Allen's like 24 now, right? 24. Yeah. Yeah. 24. Like he still is, you know, you know what is amazing to me? Like, uh, Brooke Lopez didn't even start shooting threes till he was like 27, 28, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's like these guys still have, there's still multitudes to unlock from their games. And they're going to keep doing that. And that's what's going to be super fun about the next few years. And I will say one of your worst all-time takes, and I have had my own all-time terrible takes that are doozies. Jared Allen's contract right now is an absolute bargain. I know. I know. <laughs> I'll never like, that I can't down. believe we paid that guy that much. I'll never live oh, that there's down. so many things I know. What I actually, down. you know, what bailed me out is, you know, Hard Rock Hartenstein has actually looked pretty freaking good. So I, in my defense, <laughs> yeah. in my me, win some and you lose meager, some. Meager, yeah, exactly. In my meager defense, uh, Isaiah Hardenstein uh, kept on balling. I might add. <laughs> there you go. So. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah. These guys are are still on their way up. So uh, the Cavs are are still ascending. Um, any Love other it. takeaways from Media Day? Um, any other guys? And we haven't even gotten to. You're like, that's the main rotation, uh, the stars mm-hmm. and the starters. Mm-hmm. We haven't even gotten to the bench, guys. So we're going to do yeah. that when we get back, and it's going to be a blast. Welcome back to Cast Podcast. I'm Nate Smith, and I'm here with Chris Francis. And we're in the second hour here of Cavs Podcast, uh, Media Sorry. Day, Training Camp Kickoff Edition. Um, and the one fun thing that we haven't even talked about, like, talk about the embarrassment of riches, but... The Cavs have, like you said, what, three or four different guys competing for that, four different guys competing for that starting small forward position. And, you know, we haven't even talked about, like, Isaac Okoro, who was literally their prize lottery pick two seasons ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And who a lot of people, I feel like, have written off. And I kind of want to, like, have you heard any buzz about Isaac Okoro? Uh, To be honest, no. I mean, that's, that's the mystery. I think, right? I think that if there if there's a mystery about this offseason is definitely 
what kind of work he's put in mm-hmm. because there's clearly areas he needed to improve, mainly, you know, the volume of his jumpers that he takes, um, being more effective off the dribble, especially on closeouts, you know, and uh, his rebounding. God, it's so bad. It's for, for a guy who can jump out the gym and is so smart, you know, such high basketball IQ, I just don't understand how this man is one of the worst rebounders in the NBA, you know? So Yeah, and, and part of it is know, a little bit what Ben Worth talked about. It, it comes down to the role. Yeah. And yeah, that, I mean, he gets uh, pulled away from the basket for sure. But, I mean, right, but, last year we saw there was a massive struggle of long rebounds, you know? Yeah. How many long the Cavs, rebounds? The Cavs struggled with long rebounds for sure last year. And yeah. that's one thing, yeah. like... I wish Delhi were on the team to teach guys how to long rebound because he was <laughs> no, Delhi was like yeah. literally one of the exactly. best long box like, out. Well, Delhi was in the 90th percentile for guards for rebound impact rate um, when he was on the floor. Oh, like oh, well, his raw know. rebounding yeah. stats weren't great, but he was so good at helping. And he couldn't his teams even dunk. Secure rebounds. Yeah, you know it saying? was just does, position. Does he, like he know? always knew the ball was going to come off too. Yeah. Yeah, he's. Kind of anyway. what, I mean, that's what Robin said. You could you can anticipate the you can anticipate the direction of the ball by where it's being shot. Yep, yep, yeah. And and Delhi, like that's what a corner needs to do. He needs to. Well, first of all, they need to figure out where he's going to play. Is he going to be a two or is he going to be a three? And if he's going to be a yep. two, he needs to learn to rebound from the perimeter. And you know, he needs to learn how to switch from playing defense to going and getting the ball. Like, I would just mm-hmm. love to see him learn to be more of a ball hawk. Like, he's a good defender, yeah. but he's not that guy that is opportunistic, like a tie bowl. Uh, right, and I using his, that. yes. Yeah, using just his gift of anticipation to create plays. You know, he's yeah. not, that's, that's, I guess that's the most disappointing thing is that there's this disconnect. I know, like, watching his tape from college and just watching him play in general, He's got tremendous basketball intelligence, but just somehow it does not really result in playmaking, you know, on either end of the court for him. Like he low, like low steal rate, like you said, he doesn't really jump the he doesn't play the passing lanes, doesn't take chances, you know, that calculated risks. Um, and the, and he's so like they don't use him on offense, so it's impossible for him to really allow his dribble game to bloom, which is really missing. You know, that's the one thing that's really missing from his arsenal on the offensive end is that there was a lot of, you know, dribble and finish from him at Auburn that you're just not seeing as much. uh, Yeah. Well, and I kind of, you know, gone around and around with a few people about how, you know, one of the things that did, well, first of all, he's, this is the first real off season he's had. Um, That's true. Because he, you know, he came in, it was a fall draft. Uh, basically, they were playing the very next uh, season. Then he had a shortened off season the year after. Um, and they kind of just threw him in the fire and they never really let him kind of get his feet under him, especially offensively. And yeah, yeah, they, they they exploited his ability to understand the game to like just put him into a role that they needed desperately. You know, 
Right. But was it the best thing for his long-term development? I don't know. Exactly. So I, I really hope that he kind of proves some doubters wrong in this oh, offseason. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or in this No, season. I mean, like I said, I think he's the biggest mystery. He's the mystery box. And, and, and also, he was a guy to begin with where, you know, if we were talking back when he was drafted, 18, 19 years old, all the talk was this guy could be somebody at the age of 23. He was going yeah. to take a lot of time to right. to develop. So well, and, he's yeah, only 22, I, right? Yeah, and I, like the guy he gets comp to, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler didn't really do anything until his third season. Like he showed mm. flashes in his second season. He was, he came out, I think Jimmy Butler came out as a soft or a junior. So he was already yeah, he came out older. late, I thought. Yeah, yeah he but, was already a year or two older. And, you know, nobody knew who Jimmy will that Jimmy Butler was going to be going to be anything his first two seasons. And then he kind of just exploded in his third season. So that's what I'm hoping for. And, and I, honestly, that's even I mean, you could argue it really wasn't until his fourth. I mean, like his fourth season was his first all-star season in the first season he averaged at least 20 points or even close to 20 points yeah exactly yeah and now we're kind of and how old was he in his fourth season since 25 you, years old yeah exactly so and you know now we're in the middle of a sarah mclaughlin song we're building the mystery so. <laughs> that, oh i like that that's a good song you know <laughs> i'm old no no that was a classic yeah but yeah. now i want to talk about uh my guy uh who you know we were on early as a guy who really could be a real glue guy a dark horse for the Cavs starting small forward spot Mr. Jimmy Dean Wade, that's right. um, who who just got a little, you know, mini eighteen million dollar bag. Uh, good for mm-hmm. him, well deserved. Um, I love it when eighteen million is a mini bag. Hey, I I I would take <laughs> you know a tenth of that. Like, just <laughs> sign me. I'll just go and I'll take charges all day and commit hard fouls. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> I'll just get run over. I will bounce that, like you, like you, a human body off the has, stairs the, of the Brooklyn Bowl. Yeah, you're <laughs> you're the Udonis Haslam of the Cavs. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think anybody wants that. Um, yeah, they so, don't want no, they don't want a piece of Nate. They don't want to mess around. No, I, I no, they don't want me to like get in the way of any of their players. I was trying. Come on, man! I was trying to throw you a bone there. Come on, <laughs> thank man. you. you I just run it. it. Run with it. Yeah, run the jewels. Anyway, (laughs) so uh, Donovan, what Donovan Mitchell, Dean Wade, um, a lot, a part of a lot of really good lineups last year, Mm -hmm. and kind of just scratch the surface. Another guy of what he can do. Like Mm -hmm. I feel like another guy with consistent minutes. Um, you know, a guy that can, you know, put the ball on the floor a little bit throw down some dunks, uh, hit some open threes, uh, a really good defender. Like of those um, guys that are available at that small forward spot, he might come closest to emulating that Tower City lineup the Cavs ran with Laurie Markinen last year. 100%. Like he's kind of a kind of a Laurie light. Yeah. Um, of course, you know, people say he's got a, not quite – he's got a below average wingspan. Mm-hmm. Um but I really like him as a player, so oh, I'm I love I'm I'm buying Dean Wade stock. Absolutely, I, it, you know, it if he's an eighth or ninth man, I think 
or or if he's you know a a twenty minute a game starter, I think he's a really good fit for what the Cavs are trying to do. Oh, absolutely. Actually, going back to you know um, the overarching question about you know JB and Kobe and and the things that they were saying in the beginning to set the tone or whatever. A uh, good article by Chris Fedor, you know, talking about uh, he had, he captured some quotes about Wade. I think it was JB talking about Wade, and and it's a thing where with with Wade, uh, he's I think JB's expecting him to really take off with some more confidence. Uh, For sure. You know, he I think the quote was something to I'm going to paraphrase it. Hopefully, I don't butcher it, and hopefully, I didn't misattribute it. So sorry if I did. Sorry if I'm making shit up. Sorry. But uh, uh, don't be I, sorry. If, Rule yeah, of power. If I, yeah, I'm gonna, just going to say it. Yeah, it's true. Trust me, hundred uh, percent. Fedor was reporting that uh, you know when he was giving quotes or whatever, uh, JB said that sometimes it was the coaching staff that believed more in Wade than Wade believed in himself. You know that that he was kind of almost being self limiting uh, and not really expanding his game in the way that the coaches believe he can. And, yeah, uh, he got to have some dog in him. They want him to have some dog in him. Yeah, yeah, and he needs that. And those are the those were the times where he struggled uh, with the Cavs last season. Was there was times where he was a little passive. There was times where he didn't, you know, have that aggressiveness. And I think, and, and what's interesting, I went back to watch some of Wade's old college tape, you know. And the thing that struck me about Wade's college tape is, man, that dude has some game. He can sizzle on the perimeter with some dribble drive game, pull-ups, you know, uh, finishing, uh, making passes, finishing at the rim, making hard finishes, you know. He he has some offensive game to him that can really complement this group, you know, especially like you were saying, like, there's all this attention on Darius Garland. There's all this attention on Mitchell. There's all this attention on year two Mobley, Jared Allen, all-star you know, best, uh, most efficient shooter on the team. There's a ton of opportunity for Wade to really like get open shots and open driving lanes and just really take off with that role. I'm really excited. I hope he wins. You know, like that's, if you ask me who I want to win the, 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 uh, the small forward race, I think it's him for the reason that you stated before. I think he emulates kind of what they had with that size up front. Yeah, the other argument there that I really like about um, Dean Wade is, you know, he does have a subpar wingspan, but given his size, he's an exceptional. He is an. Um, how do I describe this? He is surprises people with his lateral mobility defensively. Oh um, yeah, and yeah, and he's a really good lateral mover as a defender. Really good feet. Moves his um, feet. Yep. Yeah, and good defensive instincts, uh, challenges shots without fouling. Well, he's um, strong. He's a strong yeah. guy. You know, like he yeah. was he was stoning KD on those driving lanes. Like he was just beating he was beating KD to the spot and then just stoning him with good position. Yeah, yeah, and I I would say that Dean Wade probably got probably led the Cavs last season in BS fouls called against him. You know oh, what I mean? Like, oh, like 100%. he got you were he got ref-balled just all day. ref-balled so many times. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when when you when you look like you're living in Amish paradise, sometimes that happens. So 
<laughs> so yeah, oh, I mean he's uh, it, but he's going to be super. So you're fun saying to watch he needs season. a new hairdo? That's what I'm hearing. He needs a new hairdo. Is what, I, what I don't know. I mean, stick with what stick with the girl that brung you. Um, yeah, he's, you know, and, clean, and up next, cut, boy. yeah, yeah, up next with the uh, with the Cavs, um, you know, uh, wing collection. Uh, we got our guy who's come from out of nowhere. Who <laughs> the big thing is he's really exciting because he can jump on two off two feet now. And I'm like, oh my lord, how far <laughs> have we come? He's a two foot jumper. Dean uh, Dylan Windler. Mm-hmm. has come from out of nowhere to like be a dark horse because i guess he's just filling it up in practice and i i think we've heard a million times that dylan windler is a guy that's a really that has done really well in practice and it's surprisingly good rebound a really good mover without the ball um but the question is can he shoot when the lights are on and i think that's what's gonna be like if he lights it up and knocks the ball in and hits those open jump shots in the, uh, in the preseason that will go a long way. I think Dylan Windler is a guy that he has to do it when the lights are on consistently. Um, and that's yeah, and literally nothing he's doing now matters until right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, what was interesting about Will and, uh, uh, Din, Dylan Windler's comments. Ooh, Will and Dindler. The, yeah. Will and Dindler. Yes, exactly. <laughs> His alter ego. Uh, what was interesting about his comments to the media was uh, he actually, you know, we were talking about ice, you know, having no off season or weird off seasons, you know, COVID off seasons, blah, blah, blah. Dylan Windler is another one of those guys that fits that bill. Um, yeah, for injured, sure. Because he had the injury. And exactly. Then COVID. Yep, exactly. COVID so, and more injury. Yeah. And then, yeah. So he's had, he's never really had a normal, uh, off season either and this is his first normal off season um so he's and i think it was really clear what his problem was last year his problem last year was shoot the damn ball yeah <laughs> you and, know what i mean yeah. you're wide freaking open and you're on the court that was your confidence job. yeah it was totally confidence totally yeah. confidence well and that so, and getting jerked in and out of the lineup but that's true you're no you're that right that's a good shoot point the ball when he's in the game yeah. You've got to take advantage of your opportunities when you're there. And if you don't do it, yeah. why would the coach play you? Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, no, I mean, he was a victim of his own uh, demise. And, you know, so but I think what can happen from some from an experience like that is you learn. You know, I think if he li- literally just learned to be more confident and shoot that shot when it's open. I mean, he. This is a guy who made like nine straight threes in a NBA season. You know, like he can. I mean, he's he has forty percent shooter on volume ability. You know, are you there? Uh oh. Sorry, I was muted. Good? No, we good. Oh, <laughs> we're okay. good. You got flat. I've been saving every uh, fifteen minutes anyway, so we're good. Oh, hey, okay. okay. <laughs> anyway, sorry, didn't mean to scare you're you. like I'm not losing this. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I was on mute, but yeah, Dylan Windler for sure. I mean, he's got to do it when the lights are on, and he's 26 years old. Like there aren't it's go time lot... now. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is probably your last chance not to go to Europe. You know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, it, contract year Dylan is is a big deal, you know. We got um, a few contracts. So uh, is it contract year? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, contract they didn't year pick for up Dylan, option, contract right, or... year for Kevin Love, contract year for Karis LeVert, 
contract year for Chetty. His contract next year is right. not guaranteed. Yep. And, you know, Lamar Stevens, I think, is always in a contract year. He has an unguaranteed yes, contract. Perpetual. So. Yep. 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 So, um, and I, and I think that covers the guys that are kind of in the running for the Cavs small forward position. And then you've got, you know, Lamar Stevens, who everybody loved. And then you looked at what the Cavs were doing when on, they were on the, he was on the floor last season. They were just absolutely bleeding points. Um, and so I'm hoping that Lamar Stevens uh, brings the Cavs more than, you know, f- practice squad player who plays really hard when he's on the a try hard basically i hope he's more than a try hard because oh, yeah that guy's yeah, got to no. hit open shots this year no uh, exactly that's a hundred percent what holds him back is the three ball the lack of a, a three ball well, I, I, and I think that. the other yeah. thing is he has got to have an identity when he's on the floor and he doesn't quite have that and i think what his identity should be if he's smart and he wants to catch on is I'm the loose ball guy. I'm going to go get every rebound. I'm going to go get every loose ball. I'm going to, you know, dive on the floor. I'm going to get putbacks. I'm going to basically be the junkyard dog out there. You don't have to run plays for me. I'm going to be, you know, Sean Marion light. I'm, I'm going to hit an open jumper if it's there and the ball's passed to me, you know, that's the guy they need from him. They don't need a guy that can ISO on the block. Um, you know, that's he's not that guy. The, the Cavs don't need that. If the Cavs do need that, they're already not making the playoffs. You know, <laughs> you know be that guy when you're on the floor. Yeah, I don't think there's, you know, I don't think that he, I don't think he's really done anything other than that, to be honest with you. like I, when I, I just think well, I he needs to he... go do that at a higher level than what he's doing. Yeah, I I, he, no, I agree. I think that's what yeah. it is. It's just I think he's just inconsistent. He's just flat out inconsistent. Mm-hmm. You know, like he he has yeah. flashes. There's definitely flashes of the total package. To be honest with you, he flashes a little bit of everything that's good. You know, uh, defensive playmaking, rebounding, shooting, dribbling. Uh, you know, making plays, but it's just never consistent or all the total package at once you know it's just bits and pieces and far too little in between you know so i think absolutely yeah yeah no but i think uh you know i legitimately think he has like i i would hope you know i think you know i don't know if we talked about this in podcasts of your or whatever but you know, I feel like he kind of got did dirty, you know, with with the prioritization of playing a coro so much. Like Who, I Stevens? Feel, yeah. Yeah, I feel like when Stevens I don't think so. I, when Stevens first He's came He's an on end the of the scene, roster guy. Come on, man. Well, I mean, kind of. I mean, like I would say that about a coro to be honest too, no, especially well, as he's a not. You have invested a lot. Yeah, him, sure. I'm just court. saying you haven't invested anything in Stevens. Yeah, I'm just saying like it's strictly from a basketball sense. That's what I'm saying is like ignoring draft status, ignoring the what, you know, ignoring the the way they were acquired, just purely what they were doing on the court. I felt like he beat out a Coro fair and square his rookie year or whatever and just never got a fair shake. Oh, so, I don't I think mean, that's true at all. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean, if you look at the stats, it it doesn't bear out to me. So, uh, yeah, no, like I the, think he does. No, stats. I think he had. I think, oh yeah, no, I think uh, his stats were definitely better. I mean, just across the board, Stevens was. I don't think there's any question about that. 
his rookie year? Especially, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. well, not last year because he was No, no, not last, last year. year. No, no. Uh, well, especially his shooting, yeah, right. Well, and no, just uh, exactly. EPM numbers, he was abysmal. And, you know, a lot of the advanced stats really liked Okoro, so. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, to me, it was a difference. To me, the difference, especially in the first year, was defense, really. Well, yeah. I, and we'll kind of see how that bears out. It, it I, I kind of think he's going to have a hard time finding minutes, but. Um, oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, like, he's on the, I mean, he's yeah. going to have to, wow. I mean, he's yeah, gonna I think to, he's going to have gonna to be, have... he's kind of the Jordan McRae of this team. He might be oh, the orange know. mama. Why, why? That's uh, NBA that's champion the... Jordan McRae. You put some respect on that name. Oh, there we Chris. go. Okay, okay. <laughs> orange You're Mamba. Right. If he's Orange Mamba, I'm fine with that. <laughs> that means the Cavs are in the finals. <laughs> <laughs> No, I love it too. Okay, you're right. I, I, I'm, I'm yeah. co-signing that. I'll, 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 okay. I'll get on board with that. That's absolutely genius. Yeah. Genius stroke there. <laughs> so, absolutely. I mean, and that brings us to kind of the last couple guys on the roster. And one of the things that's really interesting, what do you think Chetty Osman's role on this team is going to be? Like, he has moved in and out of the lineup so much, been super red hot and just absolutely ice cold so many times over the last two or three years. Like, what do you see from Chetty Osman this offseason or this season? I mean, I actually have high hopes for him because of Rubio, to be honest with you, and Neto. I think Neto can make I think Neto can have the, a similar effect on Chetty's game, getting him easy buckets, um, using his ability to move uh, without the ball um, and, and just move into space and, and find space and having a guy like Neto who's good enough as a passer to find him and, and get him in rhythm to shoot open jumpers. Um, so I think it's clearly a bench role. Like I, they did say that he was, um, in the running for the starting spot. I believe that. Um, and in fact, uh, what I was going to mention, Ooh, you know, they said Chetty was in the start in the running. Too. Yeah. They, they mentioned all the, all the names. It they mentioned sounds all like it's names. a wide open competition. It's completely so. wide open. It's complete. Well, yeah, other it's a great than, runner way to run a training camp. Yeah. Other than what was interesting about JB's comments reported today by Chris Fedor was that the bias will be towards the offensive end. Interesting. So that so he's means, telling guys to get in the gym and work on their J's. Yeah. Yeah. It's, he's going to go with the guy who compliments the Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell backcourt and in the rest of the guys, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen. He's going to pick the guy that opens the court for them. Now, well, as he should. Yeah, exactly. He should. The yeah, Cavs should absolutely. be playing four out basketball if they can. Yep. So um, the interest. So and that's why. You know, I think that's that might be why you're hearing Dylan Windler being talked about. Like, who are the shooters? Who who are the best shooters among the 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 sextet uh, competing for that spot? I mean, it's probably and, and when he's on, Chetty Osman has that ability. Exactly, you're right. You know, yeah, I he's a guy that a, can get nuclear hot. Now, I think he yep. that is a guy that's better coming off the bench. And if he has it going that night, you ride him. If he doesn't, you sit him down. Right. But you know, injuries have pressed him into more service than. Probably the Cavs, and that's always been his issue. When he's asked to do too much, he kind of falls apart. Right. So, yeah. So, it'll, so it'll be yeah. interesting. Yeah. No, I mean, I think. And he, and he had a great offseason for Turkey. So, 
he did. He absolutely did. I mean, he's the, and as the go-to guy on the, in, in that system, you know? So, yeah. um, I think, no, I think that's why they brought a guy like Neto in. I think it, I think Neto unlocks a lot of Chetty and loves, uh, three point game. Uh, I think that's what, that's why they brought him in. And I think that's why it's kind of underrated. He's getting underrated. He's getting you underrated. You think he'll be that kind of like R- Ricky light? Yes. Um, exactly. For the, for the bench lineups. Yeah. He'll be, um, he'll be Ricky without the Ricky defense. comes back. He'll be Ricky without the defense. Yeah. <laughs> Which okay. is kind of, kind of actually, you know, what makes Ricky great, you know, but <laughs> he's great on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Right. But, right. Um, you know, and, and, I like that, and you know, Neto still got some game. Can still run an offense. Can still. I, I want a Neto for years when he was in Utah. Like when mm-hmm. Washington got him, I was like, God, he would have been so great with LeBron mm-hmm. during the LeBron years, like as a backup mm-hmm. point guard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just a really you know knockdown shooter, a guy who can mm-hmm. run pick and roll, a guy who knows where to be on offense. Yep, like. He he would have been so great. He he put up a lot of really good advanced stats for a while in Utah. Yeah, I mean, even just regular count like the things that stood out about Neto's game. A, he's he's a fantastic mid range shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's big. You know, he has to because because that's the well, problem. He's a guy that takes what the offense gives him. Exactly, he has to be a threat to score in order for the rest of his game to work. If he's right. not shooting the basketball or at least attempting to look at a shot, then then he really becomes useless. And but, there's no way he could be worse than Mangos Pangos. So. <laughs> exactly. Well, and then, there you go. And then what was Pangos' problem? He couldn't make a bucket. You know, well, he and he was save his life. So. He, he made Facundo Campazzo look like Shaq in terms of uh, <laughs> sh- in terms of physicality. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, I was not a Pangos yeah. fan or of him on the court. So yeah. the other guy. Um, so now we've kind of gone all the way through the roster, and the other thing that's kind of super exciting about this Cavs team, as we're um, twenty-seven minutes into the second hour, we haven't even taken a break. Um, <laughs> so we're we're gonna do that right now, and then. I kind of want to come back and talk about uh, the French guys because is there how many open roster spots are there now? Is there is there an open fifteenth roster one. spot? There's, there's one, one roster, roster spot, spot, and there's a lot of pretty quality guys competing for it. So we'll talk about that when we come back. Welcome back to Cavs Podcast. I'm Nate Smith, and I'm here with Chris Francis, and we are rounding out our roster preview, our little media day recap, our. Uh, summer league kick or not summer league uh training camp kickoff for the Cavs and mm-hmm. the Cavs have a a quattro a, a quadre or a quartet <laughs> quartet there you go that's the word there I'm looking go. for um yeah, it's a fun podcast Chris that's right I know <laughs> I, I was a I'm little glad. worried about us you know capturing the magic from yesterday mm-hmm. when my computer blew up when we lost that but <laughs> You know, as I said during the break, every time with you, Chris, is like the first time. (laughs) I'm blushing. (laughs) So uh, who are those four guys the Cavs got? Uh, competing you know for what that sucks fourth. is they didn't put they did oh okay here we go we got first names I was about to I was about to complain about this yeah from but no we got first names we got uh, Mamadi Diakite yeah um Jamarco Pickett who I believe oh, played oh, this summer 
who's wearing Kyrie's number. Oh, is he? Yeah, oh, wow. and I go. just love that his name is Jamorco. No, it's Jamorco. Jamorco Pickett, which yeah. is might be my favorite. I think favorite it's Jamarco. Star- I think it might say. Oh, is that how? Like, yeah. Jamorco Pickett is my favorite Star Wars character, though. There you go. There you go. Uh, Nate <laughs> like, like, this is the ultimate game of who he plays He's for. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Real oh, name. Right, fake right, right. Exactly. Exactly. It was, a, oh, my 2K player. Uh, random, randomized yeah. names. Uh, uh, Nate Hinton and <laughs> Sharif Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. Nate and Hinton. I, so the guy yeah. on this list that I'm excited about um, mm-hmm. is Sharif Cooper. Like, yes. Sharif Cooper was a really good player at Auburn. Um, mm-hmm. And he's a really good passer. Um, you know, has some... Has a really has a long history with Isaac Okoro. Yeah. And they, has... I think they some, were high, high school teammates. Yeah. Has some... A, a little bit of God sham God in him. Like, he's got mm-hmm. some handle. Oh, yeah. And right. he's really good with the ball. Um, yep. Really good uh, passer. Um yep. I think of all the guys in this list of players, he's the guys I I would love to see stick because you can never have too many ball handlers. And I feel like he has actual real long-term potential Um, as a guy like, okay, they signed Neto for one year. They pick up Cooper. Maybe Cooper impresses sticks. He's next year's Neto. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah. the guy. That's definitely the plan. I mean, you'd have to say that's the plan, right? You know? Oh, yeah, for sure. That guy has upside. The guy, I mean, you should have heard Eli just pining during the draft for Sharif Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> like he, he was writing him love letters in his, from his basement. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Well, it's interesting you uh, say that because I was pining myself over for uh, a, a pure point guard of the draft this year in um, – the Tennessee guy Kennedy Chandler, whom uh, okay. who was drafted by Memphis, of course. Okay, um, and then uh, who was the other guy you liked? El- Elias. Not going to be working here much longer. Um, sorry, that was an <laughs> office space joke. No, who was the other guy you liked from Alabama? Oh, 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 uh, oh man, he's with the Kings now. Oh yeah. man, poor bastard. Oh, I know. <laughs> anyway, I know. yes. Oh, so yes, yeah, now you got to think about that and hot yep. Googling action. But, yes. uh, you know, D Diakite, uh, Pickett and Hinton, all kind of, you know, borderline fringe NBA slash G League guys. Well, well let's put a, some respect on Diakite's name. He's an NBA champion. Oh, from the box. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and he's a dual champion. He won a national championship with the University of Virginia. Well, in there 2019. You go. Nice. Good so he's him. just had winning. He's never stopped winning in in, yeah. in the game of life of basketball. Well, and he's also you know his specialty is kind of rebounding, and that is True. something the Cavs need. Like the Cavs yeah, need a JYD. Guy. They need yeah. a JYD. Mm-hmm. So I I don't hate I don't hate that guy. I would love for a man named Jamorco Pickett to make the Cavs because I absolutely love that name. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, he's got some he's got some three and D ability. Yeah. So um that, yeah. that's that's kind another of another three four thing. guy, right? Yep, exactly. Yep. Yeah. And then Hinton. Do you have any thoughts on Hinton here? Um so Hinton, uh another guy that's kind of a 
bigger player in a smaller player's body. Um, right. You know, he's six That's five, actually, two, yeah, ten. Right. Right. Um, he he's kind of a tweener. Um, yeah. Probably he's probably he's a very undersized three. four. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. He has there to play the three. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but the guy's a heck of a rebounder for 6'5". I mean, he's nine right. boards uh, in uh, 37 minutes in the G League. Um, you know, and, and he's a I love ball rebounders. hawk, too. Oh, but I what, do, too. Board, board man gets paid. Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, two two steals a game. Uh, he's definitely a ball hawk, too. So he probably has a chance to stick. Um, but again, the guy that I'm pretty excited about uh, guy who dropped 28, 28 and four, uh, or 24 and eight, I guess, uh, for Auburn points, uh, rebounds, assists, uh, in his only season. Um, he is got a lot of upside Sharif Cooper. That's the guy I would love to see. Hey, he's going to come back and be, he's going to be the fourth point guard this season. And then when Neto gets traded or moved, he's going to come in and be that third point guard yeah. um, long term for the Cavs. Because the yeah. Cavs, the way they run their offense, you know, there's there's going to be like if you can have a Sharif Cooper when Garland goes to the bench and he's playing with Mitchell or Rubio, that guy can be a guy that plays out there and, and can fill it up for you. So absolutely. No, I mean, the big plus thing you with need Cooper- a guy to play point guard. For your scout teams and your uh, your yep. practice squads, so yep. no, I mean, with the thing with Cooper is, and the problem with Cooper and why he, why why he kind of got screwed, to be honest with you, in Atlanta, he mm-hmm. he played gang, he came out played like gangbusters first rookie rookie summer league, balls mm-hmm. out, should have hit the ground running with uh, Atlanta, doesn't play at all doesn't play at all for the big team, doesn't seem to – I don't think he played very much at all, if at all, for the G League, for the Hawks. Okay. So yeah, he kind of got screwed yeah. in the roster crunch or minutes crunch, you know, because they're trying to chase. He you only know. played uh, – I guess he played for the G League last year, but not his first year. Exactly. Very much. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so he went into this season, you know, uh, year two uh, – Year two uh, as summer league stunk up the joint. I mean, he was <laughs> like, it looked like he doesn't even know how to play anymore. And it's just yeah. obviously like something maybe happened. Maybe it's confidence. Maybe it's an injury. You don't know. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I think it. I think it was. I think it was hundred percent confidence. Like it was the fact that he kind of got yanked uh, in their in in Atlanta's pursuit of playoff um, runs where he just got squeezed out of minutes. They can't afford to give developmental, you know, rookie minutes to, you know, in a playoff push or whatever. So, yeah, exactly. Um, so he kind of got, so he, he kind of uh, got sent out the door and then to the Cavs. And so the thing about Cooper also, as far as his game on the court, he, cause he's small, he does have a problem trying to finish, find, finding out how he's going to finish or finding yeah. his shots. Is what well, he and needs that's to work. why him being with a Neto and a Darius Garland is going to be so yeah, good for him. I agree. Yeah, yeah I, can, I hope they can, take him under his wing a little bit. Yes, under their That'd wing be cool. a little bit. Yeah, no, yeah. and I, that's why I mentioned that prior relationship with Okoro. It's got to be a comfort for him, you know, seeing a friendly face, a face that yeah. he knows well. You know, that's just got to yeah. be. It's really cool, you know, when it, that's an overarching thing. You know, the the 
family, you know, <laughs> the connective colleague. fabric of the Cavs yeah, roster and the right. uh, the basketball community in America at large. No, exactly. They they in- intentionally sought people, I think, with prior connections. You know, we yeah. go to Donovan Mitchell, Ricky Rubio, you know, uh, Neto uh, is connected to that. Well, uh, and you look at Dean Wade as a guy they absolutely built up through the G League system. Right. So. Exactly. Undrafted. Undrafted yeah. to eight figure, eight figures contracts. Yeah, good for him, man. Yeah. I, I, I hope I Stevens it. balls out this year and, and gets the same amount of money, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know what? I well, mean, and, thing, oh, yeah. sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, wouldn't it be something if, like, you know, I think actually, you know, the moving Laurie Market in made me think this, to be honest with you. I, I think that internally the Cavs are very high on Wade and Stevens to fulfill mm-hmm. that low usage three ball, you know, just pure three and D role. Yeah. I, I think they, I think. They're so high on them. That's why they were willing to part with marketing to get the deal done. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not there yet, but <laughs> I, I mean, you. it's a risk. It's obviously <laughs> yeah. a risk. You know, they're yeah. putting an awful lot well, of pressure on, on those guys. But they, you know what I also love about them is they're four year guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and I would say the other we haven't even talked about the last two guys um isaiah mobley and oh, yeah. uh, nate uh is it not nate hinton um rj, RJ nemhard mm-hmm. yeah and i'm excited about isaiah mobley like i think isaiah mobley is a guy that if he catches on in the right system can be in the nba for you know eight nine years you know and the funny thing is, is i was kind of getting into it with somebody on twitter about like well i don't want them to waste a g league spot on isaiah mobley i'm like come on this is if he's the Nassus Adetokounmpo, like who cares? <laughs> like if he's exactly. if he's Dennis Rodman's Jack Haley, like if you, who cares? But I think he has more upside than that. I think he's a really smart player. The Cavs, you know, how long are they going to have Robin Lopez? They still have a need for a backup four in the future, or a backup five and a four in the future. Like how long is Kevin Love going to be there? You know, this is a guy that can come in and maybe be that, you know, uh, third or fourth big uh, in the rotation sometime in the future. Uh, He's got a little bit of shooting ability. He's got great chemistry with his brother. Really good uh, player. A lot, a little bit stronger than his brother. Really good college player. um, Really good rebounder. And just like, it's all upside there. Like, I, I don't understand why you would not love this guy being on the roster, <laughs> especially if like you're making your future quote unquote superstar happy. So yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's, it just should, it should begin and end right there. You know, he's, yeah. Evan, he's Evan Mobley's brother. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you think the Milwaukee Bucks really complained when they were staring at their championship trophies about how many Adetokounmpo's were on the roster? I don't think they were. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I haven't seen anything. I'll report back if I do. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, and then the other guy, RJ Nimhard, um, he he's got a little bit of a chance to, you know, get some spot minutes on the wing. I'm I'm excited to see what he can do in the uh, in the preseason because all those guys are going to get some minutes. I think you're going to see, you know, Cavs players player maybe like half to a third or even less of their normal rotations in the preseason, and 
you know, it's going to be fun to watch. And then we're going to see these other guys kind of develop. Um, RJ Nembhard is, is a guy I'd love to see, you know, take the reins there. And with any one of these guys, you know, we've seen it every time in the last three or four years. Injuries happen. And, oh, yeah. you know, Brandon Cattle. Goodwin last yep. season. Yep. You know, uh, Lamar Stevens last season. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you get on your your point guard last legs and you, you want to see what these guys can do in your org. Um, and and I'm excited. I hope those guys seize the opportunity. And, you know, even if it doesn't work out for Nemhard, I, I could see Sharif Cooper getting that two-way or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, one of these other guys that are training camp invites. So yeah. it, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. The competition, I'm loving the competition that's developing yeah. at the spots they need it at. Yeah. And, you know, and just like, you know, going back, they're hungry. They're hungry. We got a hungry, yeah. we got a hungry but joyful team. It's just, like yeah. you said, no, drawing the I'm, contrast to the Suns, that, that was perfect. You know, like. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the other great thing about a guy like Mobley, like, okay, he's going to be on the charge. Well, now all the Cavs, you know, uh, Evan's brother plays their charge. Let's go all watch the, cap, the charge. Like, how is that not just great culture building for the team? You know, mm-hmm. oh yeah, it's um, a great point. That's, I, I want to go Rubio see a charge said. game. Like we were talking about during the break, uh, Chandler Vaudrin, who blew out his knee in summer league last year for the Cavs, he's gonna he just got assigned to the charge. And like I literally worked with his dad at my mm-hmm. old job, and super nice family. Um, super excited to see what he can do. He got an absolutely raw deal in that summer league because he was kind of balling out a little bit. Um, you know, he's a Stark County guy. Uh, went to Walsh, went to Winthrop. I'm excited to see that. I'm, you know, I'm living in Western Michigan now. And when uh, those guys, uh, when the charge comes come to Grand Rapids, I'm getting tickets. So yeah, it, yeah, it's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's really I'm going to cool. be the only guy in the stands with a charge jersey. <laughs> charge jersey. With my big old Sugardale charge go. jersey. My Canton charge jersey, the original charge. get some charge. cloud for that. I feel like you original should Original charge, OG yeah. charge fan. There you go. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, I, I like them back G when they were kids. <laughs> I love G League games. G League games are a lot of fun. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I assume it's uh, hopefully the same type of deal as like minor league baseball, where they really uh, cater yeah, to the yeah, it is. Yeah, and there's really like it's like kind of the same core group of fans, but nice. then like it, it's kind of like that. But then everybody goes out to uh, BW threes afterwards and has wings with the players. Like that's that's the awesome. That's <laughs> I love that. That's that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, like man. there's a hardcore. Like if you want access to the players, you can ab- absolutely get it. So that's fantastic. And you know that's kind of my fun thing about Dean Wade is I I was down. Hawking uh, lottery tickets for the 50-50 for a fundraiser when when Dean Wade was playing down there. And, uh, you know, it was just really cool to see the way that he was kind of the class of that organization. And they you could definitely tell they were grooming him to, you know, very much like Major League Baseball, move him up to the big squad. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. move him up to the show, as they say. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah. What a great story. I love it, man. It's I'm fantastic. excited. I'm excited. Oh, it's going to be a, a hell of a season, oh, and man. I'm 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 pumped. Like, oh man, this the is the most the okay. Okay, I mean, no joke here. Most exciting non-LeBron team preseason since you know Sean Kemp. Oh yeah, easily, uh, easily, yeah. not even a not question. even not even close. Yeah. So, and yeah. well, like you said, I think you said last night. 
most anticipated like most anticipated season since 2014. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so, it, it's going to be a ball. It's going to be a ball and a biscuit. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And and, yeah. and I, I just love the vibe how it's like the it's all about the team. They, yeah. It's the unselfishness. You know, I go, hey, you know, hey, like we have made fun of the desk of Kobe Altman, but clearly there is <laughs> there is some magic in the desk of Kobe Altman. Man, so, has um, he what kind of run has okay, he had? OK, since, like yeah. if I here's a bet, go put some money on Kobe Altman being GM of the year. Ooh. Like that that if you want to go go make a, uh, oh, a Vegas man. bet. Okay, that, here we go. That's, Maybe that's how executive I got to see you. Is there okay, I feel there's like an executive there's a GM of the year award. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I know that. I just feel like gambling on it is like a new level of DJ <laughs> gambler. You know, like I want to see if there's odds. I'm I'm looking to see if there's literally odds on this shit. <laughs> you can gamble on everything. <laughs> I know. Oh, I figure. I, I hope, you know. Uh Okay, here we go. Okay, rookie of the year, sixth man of the year, defensive player. Okay, coach of the year. So no, they don't have executive of the year odds. I'm disappointed. I'm, <laughs> I'm pissed. Ah, uh, that that is a you got to keep looking, man. We we got to start a movement. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> I mean, like you know what's offensive here now? Just now, <laughs> offensive. You know what? I, you know, I'm just stumbling across here. Um, that's really offensive. Is JB Bickerstaff? No. No coach of the year buzz. What's this about? Ooh, yeah, that that What's you probably about? get good odds. You can probably get good odds. Oh, you could I'm get good saying. odds. I mean, like the you know they got uh, Monty Williams at twelve hundred. He won't even talk to his player. <laughs> <laughs> that team is such a freaking sh- shark show, as they would say. <laughs> Ty Lu, okay, uh, yeah. You know. Ty Lue, now that Kawhi Leonard decided he wants to play basketball this season. Right, right. That's right. Get his ass. Uh, <laughs> Steve Kerr, Taylor Jenkins, Chris Ugh. Finch. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, yeah. I'm saying, you know, just totally I mean, off. Let's see it. what the right. odds we can get on old JB here. Are. I know. That's what I'm saying. You, yeah. you, you can, you know, finance that kid's education. No, just <laughs> kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. That I was, wish. You know, I, I wish. Uh, I know someone who's uh, who you can't get odds on, and that is uh, that is uh, the once and former or the once and future coach of the Boston Celtics. <laughs> Ime oh, Ime Hudoka. Oh man, <laughs> you know what a mess of a situation oh, that is. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Like yeah, and oh, you want to get like Warriors fans like. The ultimate troll is be like, yeah, that Boston team's the worst finals team since the the 2009 Roy Lando Magic. You had the coach laying wood all over the coaching staff. You had uh, uh, <laughs> RJ3 playing on one leg. Like, what the hell was that team? Like, how the hell did they get to the finals? <laughs> there should oh, be an man. asterisk next to that trophy. Yep, I agree. Yeah. I anyway, I, agree. that was a little crass, but whatever. I've yeah, had a beer. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> We're yeah. we're an hour two. It's the cool zone. So. <laughs> it's the cool. It's all vibes right now. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, when is the uh, first pre? When's the wine and gold scrimmage? Let's look that up first. Okay, wine and gold scrimmage is. I don't know. Uh, Ooh, October eighth. October eighth. Okay, so we're the about ten days away. 
at the Wolstein, the mighty Wolstein. You know, so we're about 10 days away, and then we got the preseason schedule. Holy crap, it's only 10 days away? Yeah. Oh yeah, 10 God. days. <laughs> oh, wow. The season starts in less than a month? Yeah. We're 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 coming up on it, man. It's a Finally, short preseason this year. There's and we haven't the even tunnel. gotten in, and I guess we'll do this on the next podcast. We haven't even gotten into talking about uh, the in-season tournament format next year which to what? me is most, yeah they're, they're saying next season not this current season but next season there's going to be an in-season tournament it's the dumbest thing i've ever heard of um but whatever adam silver uh you know tech people tech companies that want to hire away adam silver please do it <laughs> <laughs> we're begging you take take my commissioner please in the words of Benny Benny Youngman or Henny David Youngman. Stern is rolling in his grave <laughs> over and over. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that, yeah, that mean, toupee we... is just doing twirls on his yeah, head. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. Um, so it's it's gonna be a, a hell of a season. I mean, we've already had our share of just absolutely bizarre stories. We got the Suns. We've got the Celtics. We've got. Mm, um, mm. How about the, the, got the, the ending disaster in the yeah the Lakers? Oh, like, how about uh, uh, Lonzo Ball? Oh <laughs> for some God. reason, when you trade for a guy oh with a history of knee issues and he has another knee injury and waits the whole summer to have knee surgery, that seems like a problem. Oh my gosh! I he, yeah. you know, like I he out the season. I mean, he should be. He should be. <laughs> But yeah. you know, because 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 yeah, danger like the missing situation the whole with season. him is, is is I think the situation with him is his meniscus, and yeah. they tried to and they tried to scoop instead of fix yeah. like Colin Sexton. You know, like let's yeah. juxtapose this with Colin Sexton. Well, dude. and yeah, you know, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, and RG three. Like, why do you right. take a chance on a player like that guy's your center of the future, and you're mortgaging that guy's future? to play him on one leg in the NBA finals. Like you are, and you know, the Celtics and the Bulls mismanaging injuries, a tradition like no other. <laughs> like, like didn't yeah, they almost yeah. kill Luol Dang? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh man. Oh man. That, that one, that one group. Oh man. They ran them ragged. I remember yeah, they, they had like the a hospital group. team. Yeah. They had like a <laughs> hospital Tibbs team in the playoffs. Oh, they, it, it was admirable. I actually admired them for their grit, but yeah, like they had everybody like, missing, like don't be freaking Brandon Roy. Go get your knee right. fixed. Come back next year. Like don't right. be an idiot. Yeah, you like, got and and years. that's on the team, and that's on, like these guys are young. RG three, Lonzo Ball. Although Lonzo Ball, I knew this was going to happen because he's had knee issues his entire career, um, and he's always had a gimpy knee. So yeah, it's a second surgery on that knee. They said I think it's the second surgery, but the third injury, third or fourth mm. injury. So yeah. Although I admire, I, I did like uh, Robert Williams' quote. He he did say he didn't regret it at all. So I, well, I kind of respect. Uh, that. I mean, if they say I do too, but I also think it's dumb. No, you're <laughs> right. You're right because he's 22. Yeah. He's like he's 22. Yeah, like get back there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, you got a whole because yeah, he was there. He was the difference. <laughs> and everybody's maker. saying that uh, Jalen Brown's like out of here. <laughs> I know. Isn't that interesting? Like, it, it's yeah. like everybody's like, he's going to be the free agent. Like, they may yeah. have to blow that team up 
a year after they made the finals. Isn't that crazy? And you know what? They were supposed to be in the running for Mitchell, too. Yeah, well, uh-huh. Kobe, Kobe GM of the year. That's right. That's right. Uh, Cooking. Go, go Cooking find that that obscure uh, Caribbean President Island sports Steven. book that eat will let President. you place that bet. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> eat it, President Stevens. You know, EG's how long do you think it happens till President Stevens is coaching again? Like when they're just stinking up the joint and they gotta like gotta bring him out of mothballs to coach that team. <sighs> He's going to pull a Pat Riley, huh? I can't see him doing that. He's so uninspiring. Like, I mean, just (laughs) his last little run there before he gave it up. You know, it's funny. They took a double whammy, too, because Will Hardy would have been the guy that got that would have gotten promoted. Okay, but he's in Utah now. Yeah, well, he got hired by Utah. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? So like they look like the, the lead assistant got hired away so the guy who was supposed to take the place so they're going to their second in, or third in command instead of second yeah. in command yeah and so. i don't think he may is back on that team i think they're just trying to find a way to get out of that whole situation with paying the least oh yeah isn't it it's, it's got to be some hr bullshit of, right i mean well it's so just, they're just all trying to save the most amount of face and get out exactly with the least amount of, well i would assume yeah. like there's lawsuits that are, <laughs> Although, they're threatening lawsuits, the greatest right? quote ever was the but, one about um those late 2000s uh spurs teams with uh, him and Tony Parker being the horniest teams of all oh, time. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was a great tweet. I saw that. That was fantastic. Yes. Running amok. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, absolutely. Oh, no, but Lord. I guess the, the rumors, I mean, the rumor mongering around oh, that yeah, we, we, so yeah, it's And it's very seedy. And here's the problem with the truth has to come out to kind of, at the very least, to remove the... Uh, do you think it was clouds. like a Bri- Barbara Streisand effect, like that statement that they made? Oh, I like, don't know. I think they have to make they had to until make the statement, whole truth like, comes out. There's a cloud of suspicion over yes. everybody in the org. Yeah. And yes. that's why they have to have the whole truth come out. Yes. Yeah. And we haven't even gotten into the son Sarver situation, which I'm so glad he's selling. Yeah. <laughs> although going from Sarver to who is just a despicable, you know, very rich person to a mega douche uh, tech bro billionaire. I, I don't know if that's an upgrade, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard anyway. to find who, who are the good billionaires in this world. <laughs> Tell me that, you know, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we're getting a little too political here on. Cat's yeah, Podcast. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Sorry. You got yes. anything to pitch? Any uh, uh, anything to recommend? No, no. I mean, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, it's, uh, you know. Uh, you know, actually, I'll pitch this as you know. Everybody knows I'm a tequila lover. I'm drinking Trace Generaciones. That's my favorite brand. I'm moved okay. up to the Reposado, though. Oh, I'm, I I'm have a no idea what man. those words are. <laughs> well, it's how long the tequila's been aged. So, like, okay. I used and to drink. So, what are the aged tequila in? They can age them in ver- a variety of things. Um, nor- the cheapest way, and uh, some say would be like the traditional cleanest way, would be steel drums. Okay. Um, but uh, th- they can age them in like rum, oak, okay. uh, you know, whiskey barrels. Okay. Like, they love nice. to do that for flavor, for color, for, okay. you know what I mean, for texture, la di da di da. So Reposado is just like a one step above Plata, which the Plata means it's only aged for like two months. 
okay. uh, in the barrels. And uh, Reposado, I think, is usually something like six to two years, six months nice. to two years. So it's a little bit smoother, a little bit sweeter, and it's excellent. So that's what I'm pitching. Trace Generaciones nice. Reposado. Well, I am uh, living in West Michigan now, um, and so I'm the going land of to... breweries, right? Oh, absolutely. I'm going to pitch uh, the beer I drank tonight, which is a Br- Big Lake Brewing. They have a mango habanero hazy Ooh. that is off the chain. It is so good. Uh, a little bit sweet, a little bit hot, a little bit hoppy. It is it is just. It's a very addictive beer. It's got that little hit of capsaicin that keeps you coming back for more. So mm. anyway, um, and I won't I won't tell my Vegas story. The rest of my Vegas stories. Uh, maybe I'll let Chris vet them before we come back for uh, the next podcast. Uh, but, uh, you know, look forward to more content coming from Kev's uh, the blog team. We've got uh, the blog roster rolling out here soon. And um Guys are uh, ready. That, Guys are yeah, excited. Yeah, got that wine and gold scrimmage coming up. Um, I'm hoping to, you know, kick off a five on five or even like a, a ten on ten or whatever um, coming up. And uh, yeah, as always, go Cavs. Go Cavs. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.